Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Swiss Cast. I am your host, Brother Suhaib Webb, and in this episode, we're going to be talking with the incredibly talented, brilliant, you name it, Imam Mark Manley. Everything related to being an Imam in North America, conversion, family experiences, and also getting ourselves ready for the month of Ramadan. Like, love, share, Swiss Cast. Let's jump right into the interview. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So, uh, alhamdulillah, man, it's great to have you. It's great to like do this like joint podcast. If you can tell the world a little bit about what you're up to, where you are, and really your podcast is like, mashallah, man, it's incredible. So maybe just give us a little update for people who may not be aware of where you are these days. People still ask me if you're in Philly. Yeah, it's strange because uh, I, I only lived in Philadelphia for... You know, well, I don't say only, but I lived there for only nine years, and and I'm I'm really from Detroit, and yet I have this, I don't know, Philly's like stuck to me like, like a Philly cheesesteak, it just won't it won't come off. <laughs> um, a cheesesteak in the arteries. I, I think I I think I became a known quantity to the Muslim community when I lived in Philadelphia. Before then, I was just you know, I was really kind of nobody. Um, so I think that probably has more to do with that's when I showed up on the scene. What does that mean? What do you mean by showing up on the scene? That's interesting. You know, known commodity. Well, you said commodity. Yeah, it's weird, man, because for well, I mean, I've, I've been Muslim for almost 30 years now. And most of my, you know, most of my life of just being Muslim was just that just being Muslim. It was, mm-hmm. you know, just a regular dude going to the masjid praying doing regular Muslimish stuff. And then, you know, when I was working in IT at, at University of Pennsylvania, um, through a ra- kind of through a so-called set of random circumstances, I wound up being uh, appointed the, the Muslim chaplain of, of UPenn. And, um, you know, just I think, you know, that was about the same time that, you know, things were getting put up on the internet. So I, I you know, it all began with me being asked to sub for somebody that normally gave the khutbah there. I gave a khutbah, people liked it. They recorded it, it started to go up on the internet. Mm. And, um, you know, just then all of a sudden, and you probably can speak to this more than me, you know, all of a sudden people that I had no idea who they were, where they were, were calling like, hey, would you like to be an imam? I'm like, um, you know, I was just a dude that like fixed computers, took pictures, made a pretty decent bowl of chili right you know right, right and all of a sudden right, right. you know being being thrust into this uh position where you you're a thing now mm. uh you're a muslim so now it, right no more dope game <laughs> <laughs> mm. I, I i might have to go back in the dope game living out here in socal man <laughs> it's so expensive i might have to start moving some packets again but, but let me ask you let me ask you uh, a question do you miss i know i miss sometimes just being the normal guy, you know? Uh, I talked to a, a brother who's a, a celebrity, actually, a real nice guy, and he said to me that what he'll do when he goes out to L.A., he comes out to L.A. a lot, of course, is that he will find, you know, the smallest masjid where nobody speaks English just so he can enjoy salat, man. Because he's like, if I go, if I go to the larger masjid, I become the object of exhibition which is really antithetical to religion. Like, I'm there for God. I'm not there to be, to be noticed. 
do you miss right. do you miss being just a guy that can go to the mosque and pray and looking at things kind of from the outside of the fishbowl? Well, <laughs> I th well, I mean, I guess to, to in summary, yes. Although, to be quite frank, too, I'm not that well known. <laughs> a lot of people still really have no idea, you know, who I am, or if they've maybe heard my name, they don't recognize my face. Um, it's only in, to be quite honest, right, living here in SoCal with how everything went down with my first, you know, tenure as imam of a masjid, maybe my only tenure as imam of a masjid, mm. you know, the way that things transpired with that experience, um, if I go around to other masjid here locally, yeah, sometimes I'll get the side eye from people because they're still salty for whatever apparent reason about me leaving. Um, but it isn't so much that I have to deal with celebrity because, again, I'm not really well known. But I'm no longer just somebody sitting in the passenger seat. Even mm. as small as the vehicle is with me, you know, at middle ground, you know, having the center that I run. Which is called I'm middle no, ground, right? Right, it's called middle ground. Um I'm no longer just a passive participant. I'm I'm in the driver's seat now. You know, however small that vehicle may be. And that does change things. So it's like, you know, when I go to middle ground, like, yeah, I'm the guy that leads the prayer. I'm the guy that gives the talk. I'm the guy that makes, you know, that has to quarterback things, right? And I, I don't I don't say that with any, you know, resentment, but I do miss the days when I could just show up and everybody else did the heavy lifting. Um that that's gone now. It, it gives you kind of, uh, at least in my own life, I felt like that gave me great more, a, a greater like spiritual capacity uh, when things weren't expected of me. So even in New York City, I tend to um, frequent mosques where no one will know who I am, just because. I, yeah. And it's not a, it's not selfish. I hope that it's not a you know you need that. selfishness. Yeah, you but need I need that. it. Like I need to be just focused on God as best I can. Right, um, right. I see that as a major issue with a lot of so-called celebrity figures in the Muslim community where, you know, even with my interactions with them, sometimes it's like, okay, I, I don't know if this person really just knows how to be a man anymore or a person or, you know, just a biped. You know, I, I felt that I lost myself uh, for a while, you know, in Boston and then, you know, the bombing and all the attention. Oh, yeah, you, you went through, you went through a lot. And I felt that I needed to get back to Oklahoma, if that makes sense. You know, a good friend of mine said, like, you need to go find Will. You know, that's my birth name, right? In all of this muck and mire, you need to find who you really are. And I think that it's very important for people to step back and stop. And that kind of takes us into Ramadan. The idea of fasting is imsak, uh, which right, means right. to stop, to pull back to step away. Although I will add one caveat to that Please. as we transition. I think it's helpful for people in leadership position, where that's, you know, whether that's a, a imam, sheikh, sheikha, ustad, whatever the nomenclature is, it's good for us to have moments where we step back. But if that's going to work, then we need moments too where people from the rank and file step up. Step up so that we can step back a little bit because that's how you get burnt out is where you feel like, man, like nobody, nobody else does anything. And 
at least I know myself, I have my flaws. A lot of times I feel like, well, if nobody else does it, I got to do it. You know, you do sometimes have that superhero complex. So you want to do. Mm. Uh, but man, if I have to do all the time, it becomes fatiguing. So anyway. I, I think that what's interesting about Ramadan is that a lot of aspects of Ramadan are not only Fardu'ain, which of course is the fasting, but then the majority of the components to help us really complete Ramadan, even pull off Eid, are either Sunnah Kifa'iyah or Fardu Kifa'iyah, mm -hmm. which means that these are community Sunnahs, like the Adhan, for example, if somebody doesn't step up and make the Adhan in the Sunnah, it should not be the Imam, right? It should be someone else, uh, right. ideally. And then other aspects of Ramadan are largely going to be animated and, and really made special by people performing the community obligations. So I think what you said is dope. So it's like there's this moment of pulling back, getting centered, getting focused. But then also the community is contributing and stepping in. Let me, let me just ask you a question. What was your greatest Ramadan and why? Mm. Wow. And how do you judge it as being your greatest? So what, why, and then how do you evaluate that? <sighs> you know, this is a very hard thing to, uh, you know, calibrate or, you know, to weigh. I, I, I would probably say the first Ramadan at Middle Ground because... And I, and I don't want anybody to take this as like I'm taking political shots, right? But I'm, I am going to say that my experience in the first nine months of being imam where I was at that masjid was not a, you know, it was not a pleasant experience. And not all of it's their fault. I mean, part of it also was just the stress of being a 40-something-year-old middle-aged guy, changing careers, leaving a career in IT for a complete unknown, moving to another part of the country, one of the most expensive places in, in the country. Oh, you know, there's a whole you. bunch of, yeah, I mean, it was a whole bunch of things that made that, and then on top of it, right, just the experience of the job. So that Ramadan, and then there was the pressure too of like, you know, having to perform, right? Whether you like it or not, and people may not understand this, and it doesn't mean that there's any fakery, but you do have to kind of perform uh, on that level. I don't mean like entertainment, but like you got to make stuff happen. You got to be the leader. You got to, right? So that first Ramadan as Imam was also my, you know, it was my first Ramadan as Imam at that masjid, but it was also the first time I was ever Imam. Remember, I went from being like a, you know, devoted, dedicated guy that was asked to speak here and there occasionally that operated on a very small level to suddenly now like the leader of a community. Um, so I say all that, that when I left uh, the Islamic Center of Inland Empire and we opened up Middle Ground, it was such a relief because one, it brought the scale down, right? I didn't have to. Mm, the expectations well, were lowered. Also just the scale, right? I mean, you walk in, even though it's not the biggest masjid in the world, but like that, it's a very nice, beautiful masjid. It's you amazing. go in there, it's big. Right. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a big building. You walk in, you know, when you really pack it in there, I mean, you can have like a thousand people in there or something, right? It just dealing with things on that scale can be a little bit intimidating. And it's also impersonal. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, the community wasn't really consulted about me coming in, right? Mm -hmm. There was an imam search committee, but I think 
they kind of like, oh, you know, this guy seems kind of, he's like, he's very different than everybody else. He's not like a graduate of Azhar or Medina. He's not a Salafi. He's not a Sufi. He's not a, you know, he's an ambiguous black dude that speaks Arabic and seems to have some requisite knowledge and is, you know, a pupil of Dr. Jackson's and blah, you know, so like there were some things that kind of sold me to them, mm. but then they didn't really pass along and disclose that information wow. to the community. So when I showed up, you know, to be honest, in a mostly immigrant community, say like, I don't know, let's just say 50-50 out of Desi, you know, people are like, who the hell is, number one, who the hell is Mark Manley? And how in the hell is some dude <laughs> imam? And is that, because the first day of the job, the first day I showed up, I led, I showed up for Fajr, led the Fajr Salah, right? Because I walk in and people are like, okay, you know, there was a guy that normally led the Fajr Salah. First but, day at know, work, first day at work. First day at work, I come in and, you know, I try to <laughs> blow, you know, I try to do a little giant steps. Dee, 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 right, right, right. I try right, to blow right. it. You know, so afterwards people are like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, mashallah. You know, so I'm having a conversation with this Palestinian cat in Arabic and, you know, we're walking back to the shoe rack and he's like, oh, yeah, I heard that there's a new imam and blah, 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 right? And then he's like, you know, Masmuk and Karim, you know, what's your name? And I'm like, you know, Ismi Mark. And he's like, switches to English. What do you mean your name is Mark? I'm like, I didn't stutter, money. What do you mean? My name is Mark. Uh, but brother, what is your Muslim name? I'm like, I ain't got no Muslim name. My Muslim name is Mark Manley, you know. So, and the dude went to the front office, man, to file a complaint first day at work. Wow. I, and 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 on, on one hand, you couldn't, you know, on one hand, you can say, okay, yeah, you know, and he wasn't alone. There was many people like this, you know, and you can say, well, that's not right, and that's maybe chauvinistic or blah, whatever you want to say. And that's true, but the other part is, is like some dude just ghosted out of nowhere and took control of the ship and was like, yeah, my name is Mark and I'm running things now. And they're wow. like, man, I didn't, wow. I didn't get consulted on this. Right. Yeah. So I can appreciate their, some people in the community just were like not prepared for that. Mm. No. And, and, I, and, I, and I didn't know that. So, you know, to answer your question, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. got to, we definitely are dealing with um, challenges. I remember when I, when I started out, I had people asking me, like, if I was an FBI agent. Um, I had someone tell me it's impossible, like, for a white guy to be in this position. I know you've had some similar experiences. And then you said, and, and these are things that we can maybe unpack, because we plan to do this, like, regularly, inshallah. Um, what made that first Ramadan, you said the scale was easier. What else made it like your best Ramadan in middle ground? Yeah, I think, just, you know, I think it was a fact that uh, after all that trauma, you know, I got to be come back down to earth. Mm -hmm. And it was like having Ramadan with all my friends. Because when I, when I left, a lot of people with the center, you know, they stayed or with the masjid, they stayed there. So the people that came to middle ground initially were just the people that were like either into me, like they liked me personally or... You know, they liked the idea of it. So it was it was very family oriented, very family friendly. And I felt I didn't have to do anything other than, you know, lead salah or, you know, go pick up food and give a little talk. It was I, I finally, you know, like I could actually pray my tarawih and enjoy it, mm. you know, mm. 
Um, and, and it may be that way for a lot of people who are like overworked, yeah, going through yeah. divorce, going through any type of trauma. I've had someone right. tell me, I've had someone tell me that Tarawih was a place where that, they found refuge from abuse, physical abuse. Um, it, it, it becomes uh, a moment really of kind of, you know, reflection and escape, if you will, uh, and to get centered. Now, we're talking about the month of Ramadan. I would say, you know, my, my, my best Ramadan actually was last year in Washington, D.C., uh, with my wife and I, because we were able to pray in one of the nation's oldest mosques, the nation's mosque, Masjid Muhammad. Um, mm. And it's interesting, and I know this is going to derail me if I talk about it, but I was initially warned <laughs> not to go there because it was a black mosque um, by a millennial, not, not by an uncle. Uncles would pray there. Um, I was told, like, why don't you start your own thing? And I said, you know, I believe... If I live in a city and there's already an existing entity of incredible historical importance, I should go there. Then I was told how they treat women badly. I was given the whole nine, and I know that the community of Imam Muhammad doesn't treat women badly, in my experience. Uh, if anything, they have a lot to offer as far as best practices. So we actually would walk, man. It was really cool. It was about two miles from my house. So we would have, like, you know, some soup or whatever for iftar, even like some smoothies or some watermelon because it was hot. Watermelon's like so good for iftar. And then- Man, we did 20 day, 29 days of fried chicken, man, for Ramadan nah, Middle I Ground, about, dude. I ain't about that, man. So <laughs> then, I bet, you, I bet it was packed. So uh, we would walk like there- Like our arteries. <laughs> we would walk there and, and, and my wife said it was really one of the best experiences she's ever had in a mosque as a woman. And, mm. and you know what was cool about it, man? Is that it's the first time in my life, you talked about stepping up, that the Tarawih was led by every demographic in the community as far as age. So they had an old Palestinian man who he's finding value because the community cares. We don't talk about baby boomers being forgotten in the community and needing services. <laughs> they actually have bingo there for baby boomers and game night, man. So mm. this old Palestinian gentleman, and he's got that beautiful old voice, the voice of, of going through the dunya, man. You know, and facing, facing the mountaintop, right? He's ready to go. And then there was a professor from Howard University from Africa who had that beautiful falsetto, man, that uh, Curtis Mayfield, man. You know what I mean? The mm. Curtis Mayfield falsetto. And then the last would be led by like a 14-year-old kid. So it was like it was like yeah. a, it was like an organic community-led iftar and then uh, and tarawi. And then one night they asked me to lead and I led and then it was just really nice, man. Like the vibe was that, and this is something that you said earlier, when people step up, it makes the community better. When people step up, it gives it a warmth if they step up for the right reasons, right? Because we got to step up and step back too. We can't do everything. Yeah. But but let, let's jump into it now because we got, we've, we've got a limited amount of time. I know you're very busy. For people listening, I mean, Imam Mark is like an incredibly talented person. He's one of my mentors. He's my brother. I love this brother, man. This is my friend. Um, I learn a lot from you and I appreciate your time. Guy, you name it, he's good. At, he's not good at Fortnite. I can say that because we, tr we try to play Fortnite together. And we, the only thing we built, only thing we built were graves, man. We <laughs> I got shot by a bunny, man. You got shot by John oh, Wick. Um, yeah. But the music to this podcast was composed by you. You play the trumpet. 
you 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 play multiple instruments you read different qiraat alhamdulillah i'm not saying this to bust you up man Please, speaks out of me and then you lead a community and then on the issues of race uh and anti-black racism in the muslim community you uh your family you know you're at the forefront of really making people think about the sunni muslims complicity in being part of the white supremacy supremacy narrative in this country so there's a lot we can talk about and that's why we plan to continue to do this regularly where we're cross podcasting so next time i'll be on on middle ground you know you can host me um i don't have a lot to offer though but there's a lot of people listening who this may be their first ramadan coming back from a life of of ratchetness um this may be people's first Ramadan. My, my first Ramadan was really like just juggling chainsaws, man. <laughs> it was really intimidating. It was inspiring and it was exciting. That's a heck of an image right there. Yeah, but it was, oh. it was, it was also, and they were turned on. Uh, it was extremely intimidating. Um, what advice would you give people coming into this month to get into that zone? Whether, you know, coming from a life of vice or whether just a recent convert what would be kind of your take on it? You know, I like to try to expand the, you know, the canopy a little bit. And, and by that, you know, wh- what is this month? Right? It's the month that the Quran was revealed in. And therefore, well, what is the Quran? It's hudan lil muttaqin, right? It's guidance for people who are trying to be pious, right? Doesn't mean you are pious, but people at least, right, trying to be pious. And then again, what is, this is a message, you know, it's a message sent to you personally from the one that made you, right? So there's a month in which like this kind of love letter, this message, this guidance, all of these things, right? That Allah cared to send this to you. So a lot of it is, you know, if, if you're returning from a certain, you know, life of maybe you weren't, you know, as they say, deaning, right? If you wasn't on your dean tight or whatever, and you're coming back. Uh, or man. even if The J days. Or even, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even if you are a veteran, right? Even if you, you know, you, you, you've been on your thing, right? It, it's, for me, a lot of Islam is about making the quotidian or the mundane meaningful right it's making the day-to-day normal ritualistic sometimes it's 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 looking at something that you maybe looked at a hundred times before right it's like the message to the atoms hey haven't you guys taken a look at this camel and how it was made i mean to a group of people that had like a thousand words for a camel and they saw camels every day and Allah isn't telling them to, hey, look at this rare thing. It's like, no, look at this ordinary thing mm. and think about it again. Mm. So for me, that, that's a lot of where the challenge where Islam lies. And therefore, it is a challenge. You know, submission is challenging. At least I know it is for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore, it's, it, I, I think it's, it's a month, it's a moment to reflect on the transience of this life mm. you know um you know you're coming and going you know every day, right? every, day, Where, every day you die yeah every day you every, die what, by the time you yeah, get to maghrib you feel death 
Right. And your soul gets put back in your body when you wake up, mm. um, so to speak. Right. Mm. So, you know, it's it's a great time to look at the ordinary and try to make it seem extraordinary. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like a big guy. I'm like, you know, six, four, six, five, two eighty. But I've been walking around lately, you know, uh, taking my walks. And like taking pictures of flowers. Now you might be like, man, what's some big dude, man? You know, getting all soft <laughs> on some flowers. Offensive right? linemen. I didn't right, take right? pictures oh, of yeah, flowers. Oh yeah, exactly. Right? I'm like an out of work. I'm like an unemployed linebacker, man. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like a linebacker on disability, walking around looking at flowers. But it's like, man, you know, there's some stuff out here that's constantly calling to you. Wow. Wow, wow. Everything, right? Everything is hollering at you, la ilaha illallah, right? Mm, and, mm, mm, mm. you know, push back on that, push back on that tendency, especially of the, the moment, not even just the culture, because it's global, right? The moment that we live in, that's like, hey, no, 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 just go to sleep. No, don't go to sleep. Wake up. Mm. And just try to be in a state of amazement. Well, sometimes and you got to be hungry to be full. You know what I mean? Sometimes we have right. to be hungry to be full. Everybody is so occupied right now. It's incredible, man. The, yeah. the gadgets, the phones. I mean, I'm, I'm, in, that, I'm in that culture. The, we've lost the culture of imagination, as Coach talks about, right? Every, you see everything now. Right, so right. So sometimes stepping back allows you really to right. connect. Like you taking yes. walks in silence allows you to appreciate the flowers. It's it, it, it's crazy. I mean, you go look at my Instagram over the last month or two. It's like, oh, there's why does he suddenly have all these flowers in his? Because I'm like, man, this stuff is crazy. It's amazing, right? And each flower is different. You know, each flower type, and there's all this. I mean, there's like, you know, like we we live to our knowledge in an unimaginable void of death. Yeah on a little tiny floating rock that is so alive. Allah is what? Al-Muhyi, right? He's the one that is, he's Al-Hay and Al-Muhyi. Not only is Allah alive, but the giver of life. And when he gave this planet life, they say that in a teaspoon of soil are trillions of life forms, oh. right? So in an in a unimaginable expanse of death and lifelessness there's this one little place that is spilling over spilling over with life that circles the but, star which is anything but perfect compared to other celestial right. bodies the sun is by no means yeah. like ideal and we are so, you know, maintained by that by the grace of Allah yeah exactly you know so I, I would say you know shake yourself up mm. you know do, what, do you do mean by, things, what do you mean by that? What do you mean shake you know, yourself Do up? things that you don't normally do. Mm. You know, as a kid, man, one of my favorite movies was Big Trouble in Little China. That's right? the joint. That's the joint. Man. Yeah, yeah. The I remember there was this line, right, where they had to fight the, the evil dude, and they had to take the little magic potion. Mm. And he said, you know, you know, uh, Jack Burton, right, uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell's Kurt character. He's like, man, what, what does this do? He's like, and the old, the old like, Chinese sorcerer guy is like, you know, you can see things no one else can see and do things no one else can do, mm. right? That's like the month of Ramadan, mm. you know, like see things no one else can see and do things because it's the month of which the, the blessings are amplified. Mm. 
and the shot the the, the, the right these things you you most most muslims will have some varying degree of experiencing this where it's like even if you weren't the most observant person the other 11 months of the year there is something man about this month that allows you to do things during the other 11 months people don't see and people don't do you know you know where i learned that overseas when i would travel i traveled different countries during the month of ramadan and everybody there would tell me like this is not how we normally are man like we're good people of course. but like right now it's like people are giving you like they're letting you take the line in chipotle man you know what i mean yeah. like pe people are like really at a whole nother level of just awareness as you said nothing is minuscule with allah the prophet right never discount no. a virtuous deed right let me right. let me ask you another question um you're a father and i know ramadan as a father for me um added to the meaning you know kids add layers to who we are yeah, yeah. Right. And in beautiful ways. I talk about it on this thing I did years ago called Ramadan Reflections because kids really remind you of where you need to be in life. Because whatever you do, you could burn the cookies, man. The kids will still love you. Right. It also reminded where you're going. Because that, to me, like when my daughter was born, it's like, yep, I am not in the moral. Oh, yeah. I'm on my way out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm moving. So, what would you advise fathers uh, in the month of Ramadan, things they could do? with your daughter i think is like six five six years old she's six yeah beautiful girl you know i would say i mean um all of our kids yours mine all of our kids um i you know spend some quiet time sit with them read read with them and here's the thing i i i'm gonna go out on a limb here because i know there's this temptation and it's not all bad Right, people get suddenly very serious about the month of Ramadan. Right? Okay, yeah, it's a month. You know, Quran. It's 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 a major thing. It doesn't mean though you still can't like have fun and enjoy yourself in the month of Ramadan, right? And I think particularly for Muslims who are going to be reared, born and reared in the West, where they're going to see every other you know every other religious tradition having its holidays commodified especially if they ascend you know the ladder um you know it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge to some degree to make ramadan you know seem me meaningful where you know there isn't going to be like a, a ramadan blowout closing sale half off at macy's <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> Well, it is being uh, commodified. It is being commodified. Scary. No, enough, I know, right? but you, but 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 not on the level, right? Because because mm -hmm. and this is the blessing, right? Islam in America has not yet been domesticated in the way that Christianity or Judy or Judaism or uh, or other religious traditions have been, and that's a that's an that's an advantage, right? The mm -hmm. challenge is, yeah, you know, not everybody knows what you do, or you don't see it on TV, or you don't hear it on the radio, or it isn't, you know, nobody's making a ton of money off of it quite yet. Um, Interestingly, and therefore that means like overseas it is. When I lived overseas, yeah, 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 you yeah, get absolutely. Ramadan Mubarak on a cocaine. Yes, yes, right. and you know, there's probably cool. a value cool. in in that in some ways, right? But I'm just saying for our challenge here. Um, we don't have that, right? Yeah, we for good and bad, right? So you need to play act, right? You need to do sort of like 
you know what what you know ramadan masterpiece theater man you need to like kind of play act it a little bit you need to have it something that's lived out um nice. yeah that's dope. That's uh, i mean i know that's a little abstract but you know just can you bring it home don't a little? Take... Can, can you bring it home a little uh, i i think you know we get we you know i mean especially like the tarawih right we get so caught up into the tarawih prayer right the extra prayer that's done at night after isha and we get so caught up in the reading of the juz per day which is not mandatory right uh and before you know it this month can slip by where it's like okay well all you did was get sleep deprived and speed read right and you exit the month not really having grown at all you know i mean most and I'm, i'll be blunt a lot of muslims are they are illiterate of the quran they may know how to read the arabic they maybe even understand you know they understand the arabic but i find increasingly people are illiterate of the quran and i mean that because people will come and ask me questions i'm like if you read that book you wouldn't ask me that question so here's a question what would you supplement it with then what would you what would you what would you put in there to make it not so you know maybe not so ritual what would be the better way to do it like as a family to connect it to your past question then right for your family then say you know what let's make a project where at the end of the week we're gonna i don't know make an art project or draw or do something that helps to visualize and 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 summarize Mm. something that you got out of your reading for that week right therefore it becomes less to do with the quantity of what you read and more to do with the quality of what you read and i think this is extraordinarily important for children Got you. Well, well you know, adults, even our best, I'd rather no, read a I small mean, I, chapter yeah, yeah. than a big it, it, chapter, right? But I got you. I understand. Right, You're going right. back to my question. Understand. Yeah. Why do you think it's important for kids? Well, I mean, one, they're going to replace us, mm. right? I mean... Succession uh, planning. Right? Uh, we are literally designed obsolescence. Mm. Mm. Right? Allah has designed the human being to be obsolete, right? You get You get replaced by the by the next generation and if we want them to have the attachment to this deen if we want them to make the choice for islam over all the other choices that will be available to them that will only come through uh, a process part of which will involve having literacy of what is islam a meaningful ritual experience instead of just a mundane ritual experience i believe ritual is important and ritual, yeah, and also, you know, re, re, you know, maybe even recontextualizing or uh, re-engaging. Well, what is ritual, right? And you know, there's a reason why this way of life that Allah has, you know, akmaltu lakum dinukum, right? There's a reason why when Allah said He completed, you know, this deen, that it involves a lot of repetition. Mm. It involves a lot of ritual, mm. right? There is there's something very meaningful in being required to do a thing versus when you're in the mood, right? I mean, so, imagine Fudger, if Fudger would just say up to us whenever we wanted. You know, that, that's my issue with things like, I mean, I don't have an issue with yoga, but I'm just saying yoga is often very esteemed and prized today for its so-called spiritual qualities. 
And that's because the day and age we live in, people want spirituality to be convenient. Man, it's good for tightening up right? my abs, man. I don't know about that spiritual piece. <laughs> people tell me that this I'm like, why, I use yoga is, for my This is why abs, we're doing man. a headshot right now because I don't have any abs, right? So we're just doing a headshot right now. Uh, you know, but you mean when it's you mean the simple you, reductive approaches towards spirituality that only involve pleasure, comfort, and happiness, sitting on top of exact, a, a, a cliff, right. you know, with my my you know with crystals and looking at candle. yeah 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 man. yeah yeah, yeah. bakwa uh, stuff man. So yeah, that that the, I, I the, you know there's there's a there's a wisdom coming from the one that does things not out of choice but out of pure want. Right, kun mm. Allah is it, Allah deals with irada. What does He want to do? And He doesn't have to consider. Well, I could do this, but I would need that, or I could do that, mm. but I might. Right? Allah just when He wants a thing, He does it. Mm. We have to always have these considerations. Therefore, right, right. the one that doesn't have to deal with those things, put such things in that way of life that He wants for you, that will necessitate ritual that will at some point inconvenience you. Mm. Look, we could do this all day long. I have to run to uh, the Malcolm X Museum up in Harlem today. But I'm I'm really looking forward to like jumping next time on your podcast. And we continue to kind of um, to, to share the platform, and I want you know people to really take advantage. Can can you let people know name of the podcast, your Instagram handle? and where they can reach out to you and continue to benefit from you, inshallah. Uh, so, you know, our website is muslim.center. So not .com, but .center. Uh, I'm on Instagram at son of Pierre. We also have a middle ground. Uh, you can just look up middle ground for there. Uh, it's a separate Instagram feed. Uh, I'm on Instagram again at son of Pierre because that's my dad's name, so I'm son of Pierre. Mashallah. And... Uh, you know, my own personal website is just markmanley.com. It's Mark spelled with a C. You can Google all that stuff and find all the other stuff. And then the podcast is just the Middle Ground Podcast. So, yeah, man, inshallah. It's been a pleasure, Part man. Part two, we'll have you on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward thing, to man. it. We got, we got some interesting topics that we kind of want to unpack. Music, arts, race. Yeah, this has been this has been coming for a long time, man. It's like, mm. it's like stopping an avalanche, you know. We <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't think people know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Stopping a snowball, stopping an avalanche. Mashallah. Barakalafik, uh, man. May Allah bless you and your family. It's been a pleasure. I mean, uh, keep us in your du'as. I love you. You know, as my brother, as my friend, and just enjoy your presence always, man. Likewise, and please give salams to uh, to your family, your wife, and everybody. And we look forward to uh, show. Show. linking soon, inshallah. Ameen. Zakallah khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.